give yourselves a hand. You got out of bed this morning. That's right. You got out of bed and it's negative 10 outside. You wanted to stay in bed. You know it. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for being here. As we can see, we got our special treatment here this morning. Uh, Mrs. Harold is going to join me up, up on stage. And, uh, we're just going to sit down and have a conversation uh, about marriage because I figure I could get up here and I could preach about marriage, but you don't want to hear kick off. Yes. We've got a table outside that we've got we've got 10 new small groups this semester for a church that's 3 years old the size of ours that is phenomenal. Last year we had close to 90% of people that attend like of our Sunday average close to 90% of that were involved in a small group. So thank you if you're getting connected. Small group is the place for you to find freedom for you to uh, to get connected with someone else that's going to help you um, not be the only person that knows your story. And um, it's, let me tell you, you need to be involved in a small group. So uh, check those out on your way out today. Also, uh, we are in a series called Relationship Goals. And hopefully uh, we're up here representing some goals that you guys want this morning. Hopefully uh, our marriage multi-generational, multi-cultural um, church, and, and really um, what I've noticed is we have some people that are in the dating phase of relationships, we have other people that are in the marriage phase of relationships, and some of those marriages have been like for one to three years, like 30 to 40 years, and we've got all different walks of life when it comes to marriage, um, but then uh, but, but what, what we're doing in this series is we're talking about relationship goals in every phase. So it's just a three-week series. This week is week two. Last week we talked about dating goals. So if you're single and ready to mingle, you can go back to our message from last week on refugemain.church forward slash messages. And um, we're not going to necessarily help you find someone. That's not that's not a dating website. But you can go back and you can look at it. And you can see uh, the message. You can listen to it um, and hear about keeping Jesus the center way that we do that is really the practical way of the, of the way we do that is through our children and through our grandchildren. And so next week we're talking about about parenting. Um, and, and, uh, and so next Sunday uh, we are having our very first baby dedication at the church. And so we don't believe or we don't practice, I should say, this is a better way of putting it, we don't practice infant baptism, so this is just a way of us dedicating babies 
had a couple people sign up already. If you have a baby and you want to dedicate that that kid for Jesus, um, you want to dedicate that baby for Jesus, um, then go to refugeeing.church forward slash baby, and you can sign up. Uh, someone asked me to define baby uh, this last week for that purpose, and I said this is the way we're defining it. So if your baby qualifies for our littles room, which we so our kids ministry has littles, middles, and bigs. And so if your baby qualifies for the littles room, they are they are able to be dedicated next Sunday. Now that is zero to two, zero to three. So zero to three. So we'll even dedicate a terrible three-year-old next Sunday. All right, so they need it. All right, you ready? All right, let's have a seat and uh, chat. big idea was that Jesus is the only thing that will complete us. We don't need a person to complete us because Jesus is the one that is supposed to complete us. So Tanya, I I was just going to have you kind of talk a little bit about your thoughts on that because what we're going to do today is we're carrying over that big idea into our marriage. So the reason why it's so important for us to learn that in our dating life that Jesus is the one that completes us is because he has to be the one that completes us in our marriage as well. You want to talk about that? Some people that are single and they're just like, 
this, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. Now notice, God said that man needed a helper, so he first created the animals. But then he goes on, and it says, the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper fit for them. So after God made all the animals and, and, and things, he noticed that man needed help. Now, one of the things that I said last week was, this was paradise. This was the Garden of Eden. And ladies, the men still needed help. Right? All the ladies I heard Samson. So the Lord, verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs, and it closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from his rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken from man. This explains why man leaves his father and mother and joins to his wife, and the two are, uni- are united into one. And now the man and his wife are both naked, for they felt no shame. Um, I feel like that last verse is really important because that explains how this was paradise. Like, they were naked and they felt no shame. And it wasn't because they were ripped or they were jacked and they were proud of their bodies. That might have had a little something to do with it, because God formed them, right? However, they felt no shame in it, because they were in paradise. So, do you have anything to add to to that scripture about Yeah, and, and so along those lines, like, notice Adam didn't need the woman to complete him. He was complete with God right there. What he needed was a helper. He needed someone to help him. 
it wasn't, it wasn't about completion at this point. So one of the things that, that we've kind of built our marriage on is that, that I knew when, when I asked Tanya to marry me, um, I needed her help. But I knew that I would let her down. And I knew that she would let me down. And, and so we've always built our marriage on this, on this idea. I will let you down and you will let me down. So we need to have a foundation that we always run to. And that foundation has to be someone that will never let us down. So that's why it's so important for that completion to come from Jesus because I let you down. that I wanted to do this morning too is I wanted just kind of both of us to share I was you know when when you sit down with your spouse for a conversation in front of the church um, that you're leading or you're trying to lead um, you know you start to ask all right how how can this go like how are we going to get like how are we going to preach without preaching you know what I mean and so because we we definitely want you to get something from this that God has for you I hope that you're getting are you getting something out of this things I wanted to, to ask Tanya and even share my own is I want to ask you your favorite verse on marriage in the Bible. Because the Bible has a lot to talk about marriage. What's your favorite verse? So I, I guess I'm going to Come on, guys. I like this movie too. Come on, guys, right? So, um, 
Mine's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 29. And um, it says this, it says, For husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and blameless, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Notice it's by the cleansing of God's word that makes the church blameless. He goes on, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own. So notice, go back, if husbands are to love your wives like Christ loves the church, well, he loves the church by making sure she's washed in God's word, by not making her at fault, by, but by making her separate and holy. And so he goes on, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own, it's their, it's their own bodies, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And I love this passage of Scripture for a couple of reasons. Number one, it puts me on the hook. Like, it it puts the pressure on me as the husband. Like, I, I have to make sure that she feels the love. And when I do, when I make sure that she feels my love, I'm doing it just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. And Jesus gave himself for the church by dying on the cross for her. So I have to be willing to, to deny myself for her and put, put her before I put myself in everything. And so then I also love this because um, of something that recently happened. Uh, Tanya and I, we're going to talk in a minute about about communication. We're going to talk about um, this thing that we discovered called therapy, and uh, and we and I, I love it. I, I we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But um, a couple of weeks ago in, in our therapy, and we go to co- this is a couples therapy. We go to therapy together. Um, by the way, I think if you're married and you're in therapy, then invite your spouse along to therapy. I, I've never met a, uh, a therapist that charges per person. They usually charge per hour. It's a twofer. And so, so like our therapist says, you know, I'll, I'll charge you for the, for the hour, but not for the person. So, so when I first started therapy, it was Katie that was Katie that was going. And um, Katie Sturridge is a really good wife. She's like, like bring your wife along with you. And so then it became couples therapy. I really struggle with loving you. 
Not true. Which I locked the door. So, <laughs> you set me up for that? So, uh, I will say sex definitely is, is a knot tightener. Um, yeah. Um, but, but and, and we're going to, I'm actually going to let her talk about sex because, listen, the guys expect me to talk about sex. Or maybe the ladies expect me to. So, um, but... We've learned some tricks along the way to, um, not that, not that. I'm going to have a hard time recovering from that. You need to get your man out of the gutter. Our children are in this room. Clear communication, ladies and gentlemen. That is the number one thing that will keep you not tight. More than more than that other thing that you guys are obviously thinking about. Um, clear communication is uh, what what I what we've learned, and we've learned where I was going was we've learned how to communicate better strategically, and um, we've learned things like uh, something that we teach during 
And so I said earlier that um, that we've recently discovered therapy. It is it is my favorite form of communication. Therapy is my favorite form of communication because it allows us to not just communicate, but to communicate our feelings with each other. So when you have a therapist that's, uh, which by the way, um, we do therapy over a Zoom call on the computer. It's, it's beautiful. He lives in Missouri. We live in Maine. He's on a computer. We don't run into him in the grocery store. So it's great. And so um, so he's, he's sitting there and he's saying, now Jeremiah, Dad, how does that make you feel? Where if I were to say that, she'd be like, I'm just going to make you feel how it makes me feel. So, like, I love being able to communicate our, our feelings with each other. In, in your marriage, if you want that knot to remain tight, you have to find a way to communicate. Like, like so, and, and that's why it's so important that Jesus is the center of it. That Jesus is the center of your marriage. Because when he's the center of your marriage, then you're going to talk about Jesus. And if, and, and what I talked a, a little bit about last week was that how it's so important to, to have a mutual love for Jesus with your partner, with, your, with, your, with the one that you're married to. And the reason for that is because as you talk and as you communicate, if he's the center of it, then he remains the topic of communication, the, the, the most important thing. Uh, and so you have to clearly communicate. Our message this morning isn't for everyone to go sign up for therapy and find a therapist. That's not our message this morning. Our message this morning is that you have to communicate with each other if you're married. And when Jesus is the center of your communication, it's so much easier to communicate because my communication lets her down. Her communication lets me down. So we have to have that person that we run to. So a few 
guys, you need, wait, 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 wait. You need to write that down. All right? Yes. Say it again. Talking about your mom, talking about your dad, talking about the kids. Yeah, and really there's a lot of things that the world talks about that the church isn't going to go. We want to be a church that addresses not just not just what you're thinking. Like, like we want, if you're thinking it, we want to address it, right? And so, uh, so I, I, because the Bible addresses it, so why don't why don't we? And so, uh, hopefully, uh, it can be a it can be a healthy church because I I love not just because I'm a man. the tape, go back and listen to the podcast. She said it right the first time. Yeah, that. I, I love it. I love it. Um, and so, one of the things that I I, um, I loved about about our therapy that I've learned is that, um, I, and I hinted on it a minute ago, that I really struggle with, with loving myself. Satan will do anything that he can do to steal from us, including making us think that there's not enough love for us to love ourselves. But Jesus goes on and he says, I want to give you abundance. And we were in therapy one day and, my, and, and Sean says to us, he, says, he, said, he said to me, he said, Adam, can you just think about th- that abundant love that Jesus gives you for a minute? You see it as enough for you to give others. But don't you think that it's enough for you to give it to too? And I was like, whoa. And that idea of abundance, like, I just I just love that because that spilled over into our marriage. So ago, Tanya had the privilege of going to Montana on a fly fishing trip with our church planning organization called ARC. 
and um, I had the privilege of going a year and a half ago in August, and I knew what she was going to go and experience, and I was so excited for her, but like, uh, like, and, and she crushed it while she was fly fishing in Montana, um, and, in fact, I, I just want to show you, do you have a picture of Tanya's fish? Second one? What about the what about the oh, there's the second one. What about the third one? So so all three of those monster trout she caught while fishing. Now do you have the picture of Adam's fish? One hand. You're lucky that was at the end of this talk. That's all I'm going to say. We'll edit that one out. Um, mine's a one-hander. Hers is like two hands, big fish. Like, she crushed it. And here's the thing. Like, as a man, like, I would normally compare and be like, man, that's not fair. But I was so, like, because we're in therapy together and, and we're experiencing abundance, like, I couldn't wait for her to come back because she had already texted me the photos of the fish. So I knew she already beat me in that. But, like, but I couldn't wait to hear about your trip because I knew that God was going to just spill out onto you so much that when you got home, that it would spill out onto us. And if you're in a marriage that you're constantly bickering back and forth and you're constantly on, the, on different pages, I don't ever see how you can ever experience abundance together. Because it's all about your spouse's abundance versus your abundance. It's abundant for all of us to experience. And when you can experience it together, your marriage is so much stronger. What about you're an Enneagram 3. Explain in inhibitory for those. Yeah.
You're chilling on Canada. So, anxiety, fear, shame, uh, those emotions, basically, what that means is, is that they paralyze you, they stop you from feeling anything else. And here's what, as we were prepping for today, here's what. Here's what I realized, is that we're going to come to this moment, in, like right now, where we sit and we say, all right, so what did we get out of this today? What did, what did we, like, did you get anything from this couple on stage talking about marriage? And what is the step that you have to take? knows if he can stop you from feeling it, that whatever it is that God's wanting to do in your life, that he stops you from moving what's that supposed to be. And that's our goal. Our goal today has been not just to give you relationship goals that will help keep you just the center of it, but it's to help you move one step closer to Jesus. Because he really makes everything better. So we want to challenge you to say no to that feeling of anxiety, that feeling of, of fear, that, ang- that feeling of shame. Because God looks at it and he says in, in first Timothy chapter or second Timothy chapter one verse seven, he says, God doesn't give us the spirit of fear or timidity, but the spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Those are the feelings that God gives us. He doesn't fear doesn't come from God. It comes from an enemy that's trying to steal whatever God is wanting to do in your life. Do you want to, Do you have anything else to add to that? Because we're going to drop it. All right, everybody stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. As we get to that moment that you're going to experience those great things. Anxiety. The fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that, that Jesus loves you so much that he would die. There's, there's that, that passage in Ephesians chapter 5, the reason why, why guys would have a hard time, husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church, is because Christ died for the church. And he died for all the people that are in the church. He died to rescue 
we can have a relationship with God so that we can call him father, so that we can be a part of his family. And when our marriages work well together, we're a picture of Jesus in the church. And we want nothing more than to see people come to know the Jesus that died for them. Maybe you're here this morning and you've just always been afraid of putting your faith in Jesus. Maybe you think that it's that you've done something in your past and you felt ashamed for it. And you said, no, 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 no. God can never love me because I've done that. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, after they ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says that they hid because now they knew that they were naked and afraid. <laughs> they were naked and afraid. So they hid themselves. And God walks out and he says, Close your eyes, would you bow your heads? Because we want I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for some response here. I'm gonna ask first and foremost, if you need Jesus in your life, if you need forgiveness of sin, if you need everything, would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I need I need to ask Jesus to forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bible says in the book of Romans that if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Sorry, that's in First John. In the book of Romans, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So you have to do two things. You have to first, you have to believe in your heart that Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. And then you have to confess it with your mouth. So, by the acknowledgement of your hand raised in the air, I believe that you do believe. So now you have to confess with your mouth. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Say it out loud. Say it under your breath. Just make sure you say it. Don't just think it, but say it. Say, God, confess it with your mouth. Say, God, I come to you. And I know I need I know he died for me. Come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Help me to live for you. Make me a new person. And help me to follow you. For all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, 
on the back of the card that you got, just please mark it down so that we can celebrate with you. We like to celebrate at our church. We want to celebrate your name. We want to know your name. I want to send you a card and tell you some next steps that you can do. You can put that that card in the black box on your way out. You can bring it forward. I've got um, Laurie and, and um, Dave. Sorry. That's the second week in a row I've, I've not remembered the first one's name. It's fine. But Dave and Laurie would love to pray with you today. Bring that card up and, and share it with them. Drop it in the black box or take it by Guest Central. They've got a, a Bible that they want to give you. But maybe you're here and you need to go home and you need to sit down with your spouse and you need to start communicating clearly. You need to start sharing your feelings and your emotions with your spouse, and you need to come together as one. Stop doing it apart from each other and start doing it as one. I want to say a special prayer over all the marriages in the house today, and then we're going to celebrate. We're over time. I know it. I'm going to blame it on Tanya. She talked too much. We're going to celebrate. We're going to clap. We're going to sing a song, and then we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, I come before you. And I thank you that we have the privilege of serving a God that loves us in spite of what we do on a daily basis to reject you in our life. Lord, you love us in our guilt. You love us in our shame. You love us in our fear. And you tell us, we, I don't give you those, that, that spirit. I don't give you those things. But I give you the spirit of, a, of power and of love and of self-discipline. I give that to you, and that's what I want from you. And so, God, I pray for the spirit of love in the marriages that are represented here today. I pray for the spirit of power in the, in the marriages that are here today. I pray for the spirit of self-discipline in the, in the marriages that are here today so that husbands and wives can come together and that they can unite together and that they can love each other more and they can be a picture of what Jesus is to the church. And God, that that they would glorify you in it. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give God a hand of clap.